0: It's worth knowing what's really going on.
1: This is the Atlanta Journal Constitution.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case.
2: I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years.
0: Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Dogwood Blossoms came and went last year, and there was no Atlanta Dogwood Festival to celebrate their arrival. Typically, thousands fill Piedmont Park to shop for sculpture, paintings, and jewelry, but also to eat and enjoy live entertainment during the three-day showcase each April. But the annual Arts and Music event was yet another of the city's signature festivals that was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And again, this April, there were no such festivities. This summer, it's back. And the AJC's Rosalind Bentley recently spoke with Executive Director Brian Hill, and she's here to bring us that conversation. Welcome, Ross.
2: Hey, thanks, Shane. Happy to be back.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's great to have the Dogwood Festival back, even though it's not exactly the right time of year.
2: Well, yeah, you're kind of right about that. It is a little toasty roasty out there right about now. And no Dogwood blooms, but um, the festival is back the organizers decided it didn't make sense to wait yet another year to mount it in april which is the typical month that the festival uh takes place so this time they forged ahead and said let's just roll with it
0: yeah well that's good it's like you know people are are anxious to get back out and you know, even though we've had some spikes and variants and things like that, at least this is something that's outdoors. So, you know, it, it feels a little bit better to, uh, to gather if you're outdoors, I suppose.
2: Well, yes, that's true. But there's also the fact that the organizers are still aware that we are still in a pandemic. It's not over. And so they are heeding the CDC um, guidance, which seems to be ever-changing, as well as city of Atlanta ordinances asking people, you know, if they go into an indoor space, it would be good for them to mask. Um, And they've also taken the precaution this year with the festival to space out the vendors, you know, all your, all your painters and sculptors and glassblowers space out their booths so that people won't be quite as jam-packed together as is typically the case at the Dogwood Festival.
0: Right, yeah, usually it's it's sort of concentrated in a certain area, but I guess this year they're going to expand it out so that people aren't, aren't just jammed up together.
2: Yeah, just a little bit, a little bit more. I mean, the footprint won't be the entire park, obviously, but they do realize that yes we're still in a pandemic and we need to still be mindful of that and careful
0: right right and they've also beefed up security in, in light of some recent uh terrible crimes that have happened there and uh so so people can feel safer in that regard as well
2: absolutely i mean crime has been on the rise not just in atlanta but in a lot of major cities so atlanta isn't necessary an anomaly but when you have uh, an instance that we had here recently at the end of July, where a woman walking her dog and her dog were killed in the park, that gets people's attention. And it got the attention of the organizers of the festival. And they said, you know, we realize that rising crime is on people's minds, but we want people to come to this festival. We feel committed to making them as safe as we possibly can. So we're gonna step up some plain clothes officers, some uniform officers. We're gonna put more officers in the streets surrounding the park to help with traffic, but also to be just the extra set. Well, actually, rather than a set, the extra army of eyes and ears that are needed at a big festival like this that is going to draw so many people.
0: Right. Well, it's just good to know that uh, that the Dogwood Festival is back. It, it feels, you know, like a, a step toward normal, even though things may not completely be normal. But but it's nice to uh, to have something like this coming back.
2: Well, it's the city's signature arts event where everybody can go and everybody can partake in arts, whether it be more craft-like uh, works of art or high-end fine art pieces. I know a lot of people plan their art purchases around this Dogwood Festival. And so now they have uh, another chance at that. Right. But one thing I think people do need to be aware of that is a little different. This was the first year that they have asked an admission fee. It's not required, but they are suggesting a five dollar donation to get into the festival, uh, simply because last year they didn't have one, and when you don't have a festival, you don't make as much money.
0: Right. Yeah, and you know it's it's a worthwhile cause to uh, keep something special like this going. Yeah. So. And the artists, it's like it's great to, I'm sure that many of the artists uh, are very excited to be able to sell their wares again because uh, I'm sure the pandemic has put a bit of a strain on on their finances as well.
2: I mean, we can all go on Instagram, Etsy, certain blogs, even some artists' personal websites and shop for art, but there really is nothing like walking up to a piece and seeing it or being able to sometimes touch a sculpture or handle jewelry and see how it changes in the light that you can only get when you are in person. And that's what the Dogwood Festival will be this year.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, well, thanks so much for uh, bringing us this conversation.
2: Well, thanks for having me and, I hope people get to listen in to Brian and find out a few other changes that they have in store for this year's festival.
0: And you can read Roz's story on AJC.com and you can also see it in this week's Go Guide. Uh, So now let's uh, hear from the Dogwood Festival's Executive Director.
2: All right, Brian Hill, welcome, welcome, welcome to Access Atlanta's podcast.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, well, and as we said, Brian is the executive director of the Atlanta Dogwood Festival, which is upcoming this weekend. And Brian, that's kind of an odd thing to say since the Dogwood Festival and so many events last year got postponed because of the pandemic. I mean, what was that like? Because that would have, last year would have been what? The 85th consecutive year?
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, it, it was, to say the least, it was an extreme challenge and you know, came out of the blue to all of us. Um, and it, it happened not just to us obviously, but to everyone across the country, across the world. But it was a, a blow to our whole hospitality and festival industry and live events for sure.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're really
1: thankful of being able to put it on this year.
2: Mm -hmm. And so this year, as uh, I was telling someone, you know, dogwoods are not in bloom right now. So how do we make that transition? Because that's always a rite of spring. The Dogwood Festival and all of the artists, the sculpture, the jewelry, the fine art, that's there so how are you making that transition now because we are in the heat of summer
1: in the uh, during the 75th anniversary of the festival commemorated the uh, atlanta dogwood festival put a bronze uh, sculpture in piedmont park it's the um, sculpture of the dogwoods in various stages of blooming so our plaque says that we we created the sculpture so the dogwoods would always be in bloom in piedmont park we didn't know it needed but there it is for us so dog okay. are still blooming
2: okay okay i'll i will give you that i will give <laughs> you that so um talk to me about this year's festival because you know um we will probably maybe have some COVID precautions which will be new but maybe we can jump to that in a bit but tell me about some of the things that will be there that people have always expected
1: well we've we've kept true to who we are we are still offering um the same type of activities one of the things for instance because of the heat the disc dog championship will be um trimmed down a bit to to be conscious of the heat and and the the effect it would have on the dog performers Um, but we'll still be having that we don't have the same size we don't have all the big rides this year Um, But for the most part, what what you expect to see when you come to Dogwood will be the same. We're going to have the fine artists and they're going to have an excess of artwork because they've had a year and a half to work but nowhere to sell. So they're very, very anxious to be there. Um, One of the reasons that we're doing the festival this year and not waiting until April is um, we feel a responsibility to a lot of the people in the industry, the artists, the performers that want to play on stage, the artists that need to sell their wares, and quite frankly, people in the industry that need the work. So um, we we were compelled to go ahead and have the festival this year and and, uh, bring as much of it uh, along with us and do as much of the same things as we do in April. Okay.
2: But you've said, though, that putting it on has not been without its challenges, particularly when it comes to uh, folks who provide
1: service. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually been rather extreme because, A, we normally start working on a festival the year before while the festival is still going on. So we would have already been working in April for April of next year. So we've had to condense everything and do this in about three months time. And then we also found that the, the people in the industry, I mean, they've not had it easy either. And a lot of them don't have their staff anymore and they don't have the things in place that they used to. Um, and then there's a high demand because a lot of people are trying to fit events in. Uh, so it's it's been a struggle for them. Um, and it's, it's been difficult for us to reach out and get all the vendors we need. But we're confident that it's going to be, um, that we've gotten what we need and every, everything's going to be secure and good and, and uh, just a really good time.
2: Well, besides art, which, you know, everyone knows the Dogwood Festival for, there's also food. People love to come there and eat. But there have been some changes this year uh, to the food programming, though.
1: Yeah, we, are, we put some more space in the food court. We've stretched that out. All the, all the great favorites that people love, the, everything from the corn dogs to the funnel cakes to the vegetable, uh, vegetarian-only offerings, will we'll all be there. But what we've done this year with the VIP, um, we've upscaled the VIP experience. Um, because usually restaurants participate and they, all, they bring in their sampling and they bring in their stuff. But with everything that the restaurants have gone through over the last year and a half, we knew they just weren't going to be able to do that. So we've actually hired chefs to be on site each day and cook right there. And they're they're chefs that run signature restaurants around around Atlanta. And there's going to be uh, bartender competitions, making up fancy cocktails. Um, It's going to be a really exquisite high-end experience. It's a real foodie uh, VIP event this year. So it's, it's new, it's different, um, and we're really excited about being able to feature that.
2: Who are some of the chefs that we can look forward to
1: seeing and maybe eating their food? Well, I've, I've um, partnered up with the Peach Fest and the Taste Network, and they're working through their network to have a rotation of chefs. Um, so I don't have, we'll, we'll be doing a release this week on some of the names as it comes up, but I'm not familiar with exactly who's going to be there and when. But I know that, that there are restaurant names that will be recognized by our attendees, for sure.
2: Okay. And what's going on in the international stage? Because that has always been a part of the festival. So how will that change this year?
1: Well, it's always been a huge magnet. People just love the performances of, of all the different cultures that are represented in Atlanta. Uh, but we didn't feel it was safe um, or, or or prudent to bring everybody together in a really tight enclosed space like it is down at the, by the dock there around the lake so we won't be having the international stage per se but we will still have all the international performances uh, because they will be doing the performance on the main stage during the daytime this year and then we will switch to a nighttime uh, performance for the coca-cola main stage in the evenings featured entertainments so we're having a combination of main stage and international stage all right there on oak hill
2: okay 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 so even though you're going to condense the space a little bit you also said that you're going to to add space in between vendors so are we going to notice maybe fewer vendors will there still be that variety that people have come to expect
1: oh absolutely and we've made sure we still have the full variety of artists as well um everything from the jewelry to the sculptors to the watercolors and the oil painters and the and the wood carvers, we've got all of those still featured. Um, we've just been able to put more room between them. Um, and, and overall, that we just moved that crowded uh, international stage from the dock and just moved it into, combined it with the, the main stage that has a lot more space. So yeah, people are gonna go come, they're gonna feel a breath of fresh air because even if it's crowded, they won't feel it because there's a lot more room and a lot uh, more area to walk around and, and keep the their, safe feeling of social distancing
2: okay and what about the 5k because that's also a part of the festival so is that still going to happen
1: well i think we would be a uh, remiss if we didn't have the mimosas available on saturday morning so yeah we're still doing the mimosa 5k Um, And it's it'll be popular. People will uh, be running a little warmer than they do in April, but I think they'll be ready for that. And and there's still time for people to go on and register. And we've got the shirts in print and the medals being um, cast up right now. So we're going to be fully ready on Saturday, the 7th. The the festival opens on Friday, the 6th and runs through Sunday, the 8th. But, yeah, we'll be absolutely ready on Saturday morning early for the uh, Mimosa 5K.
2: Okay. All right, Brian. And then you'll have a little bit more turnaround time, but we are hopeful that we go back to Dogwoods blooming both in bronze and live next April.
1: Absolutely.
2: Okay. All right. Well, Brian Hill, Executive Director of the Atlanta Dogwood Festival. Thanks for being with us today on Access Atlanta.
1: Absolutely it's been a pleasure and look forward to seeing uh, most of Atlanta. We haven't seen your smiling faces for a while. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. For the
0: first time, Dragon Con will be restricting its popular parade to attendees of the sci-fi convention only. In the past, an estimated 80,000 people would crowd the sidewalks to watch stormtroopers, pirates, anime characters, zombies, and superheroes parade down Peachtree Street. Many spectators in the past had not paid for a badge to be at the convention, but were merely there to see the parade and take selfies with costumed characters. Find out more about what to expect this year in Rodney's story on AJC.com and stay tuned for more updates on this year's DragonCon. Sales and interest in houseplants are blooming. The National Gardening Association says that in the three years leading up to 2019, houseplant sales increased by 50% to $1.7 billion, and that was pre-pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, the increase in sales of houseplants was largely attributed to millennials decorating their condos, but now it seemingly crosses all demographics. Pike Nursery saw folks purchasing plants during the pandemic, and it hasn't abated, says Rena Sartain, landscape consultant for the Buckhead Store. Quote, People turned to houseplants so they had something to nurture, to take care of. There is a real therapeutic value to these plants. They clean the air and they make you feel good, but they can be fickle and you have to learn what you are successful with." Find out more about how local houseplant sales have boomed in recent days in our story on AJC.com. If 2020 was the year of isolation due to the coronavirus, 2021 is shaping up to be the year of caution as we ease back into public spaces. In that spirit, after going virtual last year, the AJC Decatur Book Festival presented by Emory University will be in person this year as well as live streamed. Although programming is less robust than in years past, the one-day event offers bibliophiles face time with several high-profile Southern authors in a COVID-conscious environment. This year marks the Decatur Book Festival's permanent move from Labor Day weekend to the first Saturday in October. Find out who will be appearing and how to attend the fest in our story on ajc.com. It's been quite a year for James Beard Award winning pitmaster Rodney Scott. In March, his cookbook, Rodney Scott's World of Barbecue, was released to great acclaim. And the last week of July, the third Rodney Scott's Barbecue restaurant opened at Met Atlanta on Metropolitan Parkway in southwest Atlanta. The nearly 6,000 square foot space, which was once a car repair shop, underwent an extensive adaptive reuse renovation. Find out more about this highly anticipated new dining option and get all the latest dining news at AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guinn. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.